You're listening to Keep the Main Thing, the Main Thing podcast. To learn more, visit thepineschurch.com. Welcome everyone to the Pines Church online experience. My name is Matt Joy. I'm the lead pastor here, and I am so grateful that you have carved out 25, 30 minutes of your time to spend with us as we dive into God's Word. We've been in the middle of a series titled Blind Spots because if we're honest, we all have them. There are things, habits, even disciplines, mannerisms, things we've allowed into our lives that we are unaware um, that we do. And many of these things that we've been talking about can actually um, obstruct us from the path that God has called us to walk. And so we opened up this series by talking about the idea of self-sabotage. And and to kind of surmise that, that idea, it's essentially walls that we put up to prevent ourselves from getting hurt in an area Um, where we've been wounded before. But God cannot heal what you conceal. So we never fully mature and grow beyond that experience. And you can be like the Israelites walking round and round and never having dealt with the core of the issue. So it's very important that we take an honest evaluation and deal with those wounds. Because if we allow God to heal them, then we can go so much further. From there, we we dove into unforgiveness. Um, One of the hardest people to forgive in the world is yourself. And so people harbor this unforgiveness, even though God has forgiven you. When you repent and confess your sin, the Bible says that it is as far as the east is to the west, that love keeps no record of right and wrong. So when we keep this list of reasons why we cannot forgive ourselves, we're actually partnering with the enemy because he has a ministry, and I use that term uh, loosely, Uh, of accusation when God is in the business of reconciliation. And so we need to let go of those things, truly receive God's forgiveness so that we can forgive others, including ourselves. Then we dove into the, the idea of worry. Worry is idolatry. Idolatry, many believers just brush over those scriptures because they think, well, I'm not bowing down to the sun, the moon, and the stars. Therefore, that was meant for them in that time period, but not for me. But Idolatry is simply this, anything you give your attention to and draw, or anything you give your strength to rather, and attention, and draw your strength from. So good things can become idols, marriage, ministry, your career, working out. All those things are really good things, but if they take the place of God, then you've got it twisted. And so we have to identify those things. And last week, we talked about the subject of self-pity. Now, we know that the Bible says that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And most of us define pride as arrogance, boasting, I've done this, I've accomplished this, therefore I deserve your recognition and your attention, look at me. Well, even people outside of the church understand that that's not something that we should aspire to, we should try to avoid, that pride isn't a good thing. So what does the enemy do? Well, he's, he's a deceiver. So he repackages it in a form of self-pity. Think about it. Self-pity says, it's the same thing. It says, I've been through this. I've had this done to me. I've gone through this. Therefore, I deserve your attention, recognition, and praise. So it's repackaged pride. And so we have to be very careful to rid ourselves of that. 
so that we, you know, because God gives grace to the humble, we don't want anything to stand in the way of our relationship with God. And these, these things that the enemy throws at us, these blind spots, can get in the way. And so today, we're going to be talking about a subject that I think all of us could agree is a huge problem, not only in the church, but in the business world, uh, in the media, in the world in general. And so if I had a title for this message, I would call it this, Gossip conversation porn. <laughs> now, you may think that that word is too strong to compare gossip and pornography, but as we dive into God's word, I think you're going to actually find that that's a very good comparison. And so let's first define that word, um, gossip. So Webster's defined gossip defines gossip as this, a rumor or report of an intimate nature, okay, rumors. A secondary definition is a person who habitually reveals personal or sensational facts, okay? Let's look at what the Bible says, Proverbs 16, 27, and 28. It says, mean people spread gossip. Okay, so if you are gossiping, if you are sharing intimate information about someone else according to Webster's definition okay it's saying that you know you fall in the category of a mean person goes on to say their words smart and burn troublemakers start fights gossip breaks up friendships so gossip will destroy friendships gossip destroys intimacy. It's a direct attack against someone's character. And when left unchecked, we allow it to come into our mind. Even if you're not the one gossiping, if you're receiving it, you allow it to go into your mind unchecked. It begins to taint the way you view that individual. Here's the idea, okay? Tearing someone down through gossip is never going to give you a step up in life. It's partnering with the enemy who is the accuser of the brethren. And so when we begin to share intimate details and intimate facts about someone else without their knowledge, we are partnering with the enemy and the accuser. See, let's, let's continue in the book of Proverbs because Proverbs has so much to say about this subject. When you run out of the woods, the fire goes out. When the gossip ends, the quarrel dies down. A quarrelsome person in a dispute is like kerosene thrown on a fire. Listening to gossip, okay, is like eating cheap candy. Do you want junk like that in your belly. That previous scripture we heard in Proverbs is specifically targeting people that allow gossip to roll off of their lips. But here in Proverbs 26, 20 through 22, it's specifically addressing the one that may be just sitting back listening to this instead of saying, you know what, we need to put a stop to that. I'm not going to talk about that individual while they're not in the room. It literally says, you're eating cheap candy. So 
listening, so I want you to hear this. Listening to gossip is participating in gossip. And worse off even yet, it's partnering with gossip. Yes, just by listening, just by entertaining it, just by keeping your mouth shut and allowing someone to share those things is partnering with gossip. Let's go ahead and take a look at another scripture found in Proverbs. Proverbs 16, 28. It says this, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. Okay, so I want you to, I want you to hear that. Gossip creates trouble. In fact, it says one who shares gossip is a troublemaker. So you are creating burdens. You are sharing burdens. Okay, it goes on to say it's like planting seeds of strife. Okay, seed may not look like much in my hand. It may be a very small seed, but a seed can grow and do grow into trees. So as we begin to share gossip, what happens? It grows. It, 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 it grows legs and it begins to run. And typically it moves from one person to the next to the next. And it attacks someone's character. And it goes on to say that it separates people. So when you begin to talk about somebody that's not in the room to someone else in a negative light, you share intimate details, you begin to separate people. You begin to separate yourself from them and you actually, the one you're speaking to begins to become separated because now they have this image inside of their mind or these words inside of their mind that have gone unchecked. I'm going to give you one more scripture and this is probably the sternest warning on uh, gossip out of Proverbs, okay? And it says this is Proverbs uh, 6, 16 through 19. This is out of the New King James Version. I want you to hear these words. These six things the Lord hates, and yes, seven are an abomination to him. And it goes on to list them. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that, that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift to run to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, lies, that's six, okay? So the seventh one is an abomination. Here it is. In one who sows discord among the brethren. Other translations take that word discord out and insert the word gossip. I want to highlight that one word, abomination. There is not a stronger word in the English language or in any language that God could have used to, to, uh, to convey his disdain and anger towards gossip. We are called to love what he loves and hate what he hates. And here's the disconnect with many believers. It's very easy to love what God loves. I love worship. God loves worship. I love people. God loves people. I love studying God's word. God loves, God loves us to be in his word. But many of us, if we're honest with ourselves, do we hate the things that God hates? Not the sinner, not the unbeliever, but the sin that has ensnared them. 
right? I, I heard an illustration like this and I thought I'd put it so beautifully. If, if you've had the unfortunate experience of having a loved one um, battle cancer and die, okay? You don't hate that loved one, right? You hate the cancer, cancer that destroyed their body, but you don't hate them. And this is the clearest like illustration that I can give you that God does not hate the sinner. God does not hate the one that is lost, but he hates the sin that has ensnared them and deceived their eyes. And so God hates sin. And so when we're casual with sin, we are not partnering with God because what we tolerate, we endorse essentially. So if we're like, uh, I don't really like that, but I'm not going to say anything about it, then we are giving it permission to come into our sphere, to come into our space. No one sits there and wrestles with, well, I don't know if I want to speak out against cancer. You know, cancer, you know, I don't, I'm not a big fan of it, but I, I don't want to, you know, say anything that might offend someone. No, I hate cancer. Why? Because it's destroying my family and friends. So I hate cancer and I love them. God's the same way and he's called us to be the same way. Okay? We love everyone, but we hate the sin that ensnares them. It's really easy to love what God loves, but do you hate what he hates? And God hates gossip. Why? Because it divides. Because it separates. And that is what the enemy does. See, the Bible also goes on to say in Matthew, 18, uh, Matthew 12, rather, that we will give an account of every idle word at the judgment seat of Christ. Did you know that? Every idle word that we speak, another translation says empty words, we're going to give an account for. So when we partner with the enemy to gossip, and accuse our brothers and sisters, we are, gonna get a, we are going to give an account for those words. So we have to guard what is coming out of our mouth. And I, I think this is an area, and I believe that this is a blind spot, because many believers, again, tolerate and are casual when it relates to gossip. Okay, if I were to say to you, I would never say this, but let's just say for the example that I did, I would never say this, but if I said, hey, um, on your lunch break, do you want to meet up and uh, vape and watch a little porn? You would say, dude, <laughs> you're probably watching this right now and you, you're recoiling and you're like, absolutely not. That would be the oddest, strangest thing. Okay, I don't know a lot about vaping, but I would just stay away from it. But, but the porn thing, you just say like, I want nothing to do with that. How could you even ask me that question, Matt? Of course, I'm not going to do that. Well, the way you respond signifies the way that you view it. So if you sit down and someone starts to gossip and you don't say anything about it, it's showing you that you're tolerating it and that you have a casual attitude. Because if someone sat down next to you and you're watching the big game and all of a sudden they switch the channel and put on porn, you would not sit there and continue to watch it, would you? You'd be like, whoa, 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 dude, homeboy, what are you doing? Put the game back on, I can't believe, turn that off, man. 
Why? Because you hate what he hates. Because you know what that can do. Well, gossip is the same way, but we allow it to come in, perverting the way that we see our brothers and sisters. So, I want to share with you over the next few minutes four steps to be able to help you identify and kick gossip to the curb. Can I do that? All right, here we go. Number one, these are, these are four very easy steps that you can take when, when you find yourself in a situation where gossip is coming up or when you find yourself in a situation where you feel like you should gossip. Number one, always think of the person in the room that you're speaking of, okay? So whenever you're speaking about somebody that, that, that's not there, always envision them as if they are there. It'll change the way that you speak. So literally, if it helps you as a crutch, you can just throw your arm out like this and pretend that you're sitting next to them, okay? And that way you wouldn't say anything in front of them. We see this um, in social media, okay? When people come, let's, let's say when people interact with each other, they would never talk to each other the way that they talk on social media. Why do they feel comfortable belittling, be degrading people over social media? Because they're not next to them, right? So all of a sudden people grow like this. I don't even know what they grow, but they feel free that they can gossip. They feel free that they can uh, denigrate people on social media. But I I almost guarantee you they wouldn't talk to that individual or about that individual if they were sitting next to them. So always try to envision the person that you're, you're speaking about as if they were in the room um, with you, okay? Number two, the Matthew 18 principle. Go to them. If you have an issue with someone, okay, if there really is, if you've been mistreated, if something's been done to you or you caught wind about something that somebody said about, go to them. Don't go talk about them. We want to run to everybody but them when we have an issue with somebody. We want to run to our friends. We want to run to our coworker. We want to run to our boss. We want to run to everybody except for the one person that we actually have an issue with and the one person that can actually do something about it. See, I'll read that scripture to you. Matthew 18, 15, it says this. If your brother or sister sins against you, which is going to happen to you, people are going to sin against you. People are going to mistreat you, okay? Go and point out their fall just between the two of you, okay? If they listen to you, guess what? You've won them over, okay? You should be able to resolve this. But if they don't listen, then you take one or two others along so that every word may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Okay, so if you, if you try to reconcile with someone, which it takes two, okay, and you can't find equal ground, then the Bible instructs you um, to, to bring others to in, involved in it and to sit down with you. But the point is, go directly to them if you have a, an issue with them, okay? Um, when someone does you dirty, go to them have a conversation, and in that conversation, most likely when you sit down with somebody that you have an issue with, most likely they're gonna share new information with you that's gonna frame the whole situation, the whole altercation in a different light. Many times I can tell you that I've been offended or I've been wounded or I've been hurt by somebody else's actions or by somebody else's words. And I haven't always handled it perfectly, but the times that I've said, no, 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 no. You know what? 
I need to go to them because this is really bothering me. When I'm thinking about it at night and when I'm thinking about it in the morning, that's a good indicator you need to go to them. So I've sat down and went to them and said, hey, man, when you said this, the way that I heard it was that you don't trust me in this specific area or you were knocking me in this area. And many times, having set up that conversation, the individual sitting across from me has said, oh my gosh, I totally see how you could read into it like that. That was not my intention at all. What I was trying to share was this, and then I would say in response, yeah, I agree with that, but when you said it like this, oh, please forgive me, Matt, or I've said, you know what? I apologize, I shouldn't have received it like that. It was through some own insecurities of my own that I heard it through that lens, but yeah, had I been in your shoes, I probably would have put it the same way. The idea is there's a million different scenarios, but you gotta go to the one that you have an issue with. And we always wanna go to everybody else. Let me share another thing in regards to this, okay? Matthew 18, okay? Didn't know about social media, but in the instructions, it prepared us. Don't go to social media and leave the person's name out and share all the intimate details. Again, that's self-pity and you're trying to garner this attention and this focus on you where people are gonna come alongside and say, oh, that must have been so hard for you. Yeah, I can't believe that. Man, I would have been out of there in a minute. Do not go to social media because most of the time our spheres are small. People are gonna start to read between the lines and the individual might end up reading your posts and then you've done you've you've built a greater divide and wedge in between you two reconciling and if you need further proof it's just feeding into your ego and pride in your own self-interest to have people come alongside you and pat you on the back and give you all the accolades and misery loves company so that you can wallow in the fact that you were mistreated. No, rather go directly to the individual. Do not go to social media. And it pollutes and it perverts people's perspective of others. Make sense? Okay, because relationships are important. Relationships are eternal. We carry relationships into eternity. So we need to do everything that is within our power to keep peace within our relationship. And gossip, again, remember going back to Proverbs, it separates and it destroys relationship. And so we have a responsibility to go to that individual if we've been wounded, if we've been hurt, if something has come to us sideways and and just get all of that out on the table. Furthermore, we are children of the light. We have been called to live in the light. So whenever we have anything, we're supposed to bring it out in the front so that we can work through those issues. Number three, okay, and this is so important, all right? Shut it down. Shut it down. Do not entertain gossip. Literally look at gossip as trash. Your ears are not garbage pails, okay? Do not allow that to come into your mind, perverting the way that you see others, okay? Many of you know I worked at a ministry for 16 years. Um, the, uh, the founder of that ministry, his name is John Bevere, and I, he would travel all over the United States Um, and minister at churches, conferences, different events. And I remember one day uh, I was an assistant. So pretty much what that means is I took care of everything uh, for John, you know, in in helping set up the meeting. But I would sit at these tables a lot of times with these great men and women of God, and I would just listen. You know, I would just listen to everything that they were were sharing. And I remember one uh, particular evening, um, a pastor who had invited John 
uh, to speak at his church, began to speak uh, negatively and share derogatory uh, statements, make derogatory statements about this other pastor that was in the same town. And before he even got two sentences deep, I remember John said, I remember he said, I'm going to stop you right there. And he made like the time out. Uh, simply said, I'm going to stop you right there. That individual is not here. So I'm not going to continue um, any further in this conversation. And let me tell you, that was one of the most awkward, talk about like, where do you go from there? Talk about the record stopping like, and we hadn't got, I think it was between, we had already ordered dinner. So we hadn't had our appetizers. It's that weird uh, stage where you're just eating the bread that's on the table. And it's like, where do you go from there? And it was awkward. And you could see the pastor wasn't necessarily, you know, like he stopped and he, he kept his composure. But he shut that down. Later, that pastor ended up going to John and said, thank you so much for that lesson in humility. I should not have been speaking about my brother. And in fact, I went to him and repented and apologized. And that individual, that pastor, okay, by, by John shutting that down, it earned his respect and that relationship was even stronger. So you feel safe with someone that shuts somebody else down, you, you know, that's speaking about somebody else. You feel like I can share with this person because you know what, what he did for one, he would do for me as well. And so we need to start uh, not participating and partnering with gossip by just letting somebody begin to spew out all this hatred and all these accusations towards one of our brothers and sisters. We need to just shut it down. Hey, you know what? If you have an issue with that individual, you need to go directly to them, but I'm not going to continue to listen to it. And you'll find that, and, and again, doing this, you can be a real jerk in doing this, but remember the Bible tells us to speak the truth in love. There's a right way to be right. So do it seasoned with grace with mercy and with love. Don't just stand up there on top of your chair and point your finger and rebuke them like that. But, you know, in love, shut that conversation down and explain the reason why you're shutting it down so that they can receive it. So many believers want to use the word of God like, a, like an ax, bludgeoning people. But remember, it's a surgeon that takes a scalpel and makes a careful, precise incision that ends up removing whatever ailment is is in the body and so we need to be careful with the way that we steward and devise the word of god so that people can be open to listen to it because when you come down on an axe people put up walls and then they don't even hear you now they're offended with you they're not going to receive from you anymore they're offended with the person that they were originally offended with and it furthermore almost like substantiates their grounding but when you speak the truth in love their heart if they have a tender heart they're going to be able to receive it and so we need to stop these malicious words going around, going out about our brothers and sisters. And number four, gossip well. What do I mean by that? Speak highly of other people when they're not in the room. I'm not saying make stuff up and pretend. I'm saying invite the Holy Spirit in to be able to see that individual the way that God sees them and then speak highly of them, okay? I love when I run into somebody and they're talking about somebody else that's not in the room and they're speaking, man, I love that individual. They have such high character. I've received so many great things from them. It makes me want to meet that individual, okay? So we need to gossip well. When we're talking about people behind their back, so to speak, we're speaking positive affirmation. We're speaking truth. We're not making stuff up, okay? But we're speaking highly of the individual that is not in that room. 
So let me just say this. Let's take a stand collectively against gossip and use our words to bring life, not death. Because the Bible says in the book of James that the power of life and death is in the tongue. Where, who are you going to partner with? And this is a blind spot for so many people. We can gossip about the president of the United States. We can gossip about our boss. We can gossip about athletes. And it doesn't do any good. Nothing good comes from that. So if you, my grandmother used to say this, my Italian grandmother, okay, used to say this, if you have nothing good to say, then don't say nothing at all. And you know what? That's right. If you don't have anything good to say about somebody, if you've partnered with the Holy Spirit and your eye, the veil on your eyes still hasn't been lifted and you can't see anything positive about that person, then don't talk about that person. And if you have an issue with that person, if they've done something to you, and I don't want to belittle that, maybe this individual has really mistreated you, has really hurt you, okay? That's a real thing, and I, I'm not justifying what they've done to you. But I can tell you this, going around and sharing what they've done to you to others isn't going to make you feel any better, and it's not going to bring any resolve into the problem, and it's furthermore going to divide and separate you. So as Matthew 18 tells us, go, go to your brother or sister and bring all those things out into the light so that you can work through them. I want to pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for everybody um, that's watching this, that's listening to this. And Holy Spirit, I'm asking that, and I'm believing that you've convicted and highlighted certain areas where maybe they've been a little casual in what they've shared about a coworker. Maybe they've been a little casual in the way they've talked about their wife or their friend. And Holy Spirit, I'm just praying and believing that you're going to bring conviction, that you're going to bring truth in that area, that they're going to speak life, or if they have an issue with that person, that they're going to go directly to them, and that they're, able to, they're, they're going to be able to reconcile and bring resolve to the situation, and that you would be glorified through all of this, Father. We thank you that you highlight our blind spots so that we don't stumble, so that we don't fall, and that we can run this race in such a way that we may win the prize at the end of the race. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you for spending the last 25 minutes with us. Until next time, Godspeed. Thank you so much for listening to Keep the Main Thing, the Main Thing, a sermon resource provided by the Pines Church in Bangor, Maine. We'd love to hear from you, so leave us a review on this podcast. If you have any questions, visit thepineschurch.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.